Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. Well, I decided today I'm going to do something I don't normally do because I've got a message that I really want to make sure that uh, I don't mess up. I believe God's given me a word for you today and something that's really been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. And so I'm going to do something I don't always do. I'm going to use my notes because uh, I want to make sure I don't miss anything that I believe is for us today. Before I get started, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for all of you who have shown support in the last week. Uh, if you don't know, my father passed away last week and, and last Sunday we uh, did the funeral and so many of you reached out through text and messages and were there at the funeral. I say thank you for that. Thank you for the support. Thank you guys for being an awesome church. Thank you for being awesome support. Uh, receiving Chris and allowing him to come up here and fill in in my absence, I, I appreciate that greatly. And I just love you guys. So I, I thank you for being part of that. Today I want to share um, a message with you. We've talked about this part of this account in the Bible. I don't like to call it a story because it's, it's not a fairy tale. It's an account. It's something that happened in the Bible. And we've talked about it before here, but today I'm going to bring it from a little different perspective. And today I'm going to challenge you. So I'm just going to tell you up front. We have people that are new here today. We have people that you've been here. We have people who are listening to us online. But, but today's message might be a little heavier might be a little more in your face, might be a little more uh, punch in the gut, but I think it's time for us to start taking seriously what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. So I think that's really, really important, and today I may say some things that um, rub against the Instagram culture. Um, so, you know, it may not be the quotable Instagram thing that you see, oh yeah, God's great, God is good. He is. But it requires some things of us. And so today, that's where we're going to go. And so what I want to do is I want to tell you that God's promises are within your reach. God's promises are within your reach. So that's something that we've got to understand is that it's not something that's necessarily in our hand because it requires some things of us. And it's something that God's really been dealing with me about is the fact that I am called to reach those around me. My purpose and my calling is to answer the Great Commission because I am in co-mission with Jesus. And if you are a Christ follower, you are as well. And I think something that I've learned in this last few months of my life and really the last couple of years as I've been taking on and reaching, you know, uh, fulfilling my purpose and my calling and, and hanging out and being the chaplaincy of, with the sheriff's office. And there are those who you may think want nothing to do with the message of the gospel of Christ. Those people that you may think that will be more receptive 
to the calling you have on your life if they know you're for real. If they know you are all in. If they know that you're serious. If they know you're genuine. And I think what you need to understand is not to be intimidated to share the story that God has given you and that He has walked you through. And we look for fulfillment in a lot of places, don't we? We look for fulfillment on Amazon. We look for fulfillment in our sports team. We look for fulfillment in our golf course. We look for fulfillment in, you can go down the list, whatever that is to you. But here's what I would challenge you with, and something that we've talked about, but you will only find true fulfillment in Christ. You are called, you were created to be part of the family of God. So you need to hear me right now. You were created to be part of the family of God. And if you are missing that, or you are standing with one foot in and one foot out, or you're standing on the edge, you're not going to be fulfilled in whatever it is you try to find outside of your calling in Christ. And I'm not saying that everybody's called to serve in the church. I'm not saying everybody's called to stand on the stage. I'm not saying everybody's called into full-time ministry. That's not the case because it can't be the case, right? We all need, we're the body of Christ and we're each gifted. But if you're going to find true fulfillment, you've got to operate in that purpose you've got to operate in that calling that God has given you and that's what we are about right helping you find what that calling is and achieve that purpose to get you down the road right I'm a facilitator I'm not I'm not supposed to be you know the knight in shining armor and the perfect holy one because if you know me I am certainly not that but I am the facilitator trying to help you grow in your relationship with Christ and so one of the things that I struggle with, just to be honest with you, is I struggle with balancing the message of the church and the messages on Sunday with, with reaching people and growing in Christ. But I'm going to say this up front, okay? And so we're just going to be plain today, plain talk. We made a commitment as a staff and in the leadership team, we made a commitment this year to focus more on your growth, your growth, your development spiritually than we would doing outreaches and things like that. Here comes the uncomfortable part. We've done our part. My concern is we as a church aren't diving down and going deeper in our personal one-on-one -on -one time with God. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the prophet Elisha, right? And so we'll tell, talk about the difference between Elijah and Elisha, and I will get it wrong at some point in talking about those two, I promise. But understand, when we're talking about Elisha today, and, and the role that he had in a major victory, but also the king Joash held back. That's where we're going today. The king held back in his full commitment. He held back on what he had. He held back on giving his everything to God. And so that's the challenge today. And so 
I'm going to say something. This is not the Instagrammable thing, right? It's not the tweetable. It's not tweet anymore, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's sometimes God uses disappointment in our lives to set you up for fulfillment in his purpose. And that's not the way we want it, is it? Like, we don't want disappointment in our life. We don't want failure in our life. We don't want times in our life where we think, all right, God. In fact, what we tend to do is we tend to put stipulations on our obedience to God. Don't we? We tend to put stipulations on it and we say, well, God, I will if you will. I'll do this if you do that. And we negotiate our obedience to God. Well, I hate to tell you this, but that's what an eight-year-old does with their parents. I will clean my room if, and we expect our allowance, and we expect the toy, and we expect the trip to Walmart, or we, Toys R Us isn't here anymore. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we expect, that's what eight-year-olds do. That's not what adults do. Adults take their responsibility, fulfill their responsibility, and they do it. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, because it's different to follow than it is to believe, follower changes our behavior, as followers of Jesus, we are called not only to be obedient to Christ, to his call, to his word, but we are called to do it joyfully. Boy, it's going to be quiet today. So sometimes God uses disappointments in our life. Sometimes we have set out what we think we should do, what it will, and we want God to do it. I am 100% guilty of this one. If you know me, then you know I tend to be a little bit of a control freak. I tend to have things set in my way and set in my mind, right, of how it should turn out. And when I see those things not coming that way, then I intervene, right? But there are times when we have an outcome that we expect. We have a way of, of things happening that we expect it to happen, and along the way, we want it to happen a certain way. So, we, well, it's, it's uh, November 19th, so it should be this by now, don't we? And when it's not, we're like, hold up, God, what are you doing? This is not the agreement we had. And so there are times when God will use disappointment to set us up for fulfillment in his purpose. And I am a believer, and I don't have a Bible verse to give you for this. I don't have a quote of a dead theologian to give you of this, but I believe this. I believe sometimes God opens a door, and it's not the final destination. Sometimes that door opens up, and it's a hallway. And you got to travel down that hallway, and you got to stay in tune with God, because there's going to be another door that you're going to have to walk through. And you need to be in tune enough to know which door and when to open it. And that's just, that's just how I think. So let's get to it. 2 Kings chapter 13. What you need to understand is we're in this cycle of kings doing good, kings doing bad, 
kings doing the evil in the sight of the Lord and his days were numbered and you know some kings did well in this, but more did bad right and so we're talking about Joash today who was not necessarily doing all the right things and there's an attack coming on on Israel and so Joash the king who was kind of one foot in one foot out goes to Elisha the prophet and Elisha was on his deathbed and he knows that he needs he's got a very real physical problem that's about to happen his his army is outmanned his army is about to be attacked his army is about to be overrun and he is running scarred right you can say scarred right he's running scared and so he goes to Elisha on his deathbed and he says Elisha had become sick of the illness which he would die and Joash the king of Israel came down to him and wept over his face and said oh my father my father the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. You got to understand that in this day, the kings would go to the prophet. So in the south, we would say the preacher, right? The, 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 the king would go to the prophet, and the prophet was highly esteemed in their day. And they would go to them for counseling and for advice. Boy, would our nation do some good for our leaders to go to spiritual leaders for advice, wisdom, and direction. Okay, that's another, another sermon for another day. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So what we're not covering is the enemy is coming and, and Joash the king is worried about what's going to happen to the, the defeat that is going to happen because they can't stand against the, the attacking enemy. So Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hands on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. That's significant. And we're going to talk about the significance of that. So you've got to understand Elisha, the great man of God, who was mentored by Elijah, the great man of God, Elijah had a great anointing. He was, he, was, he was the man, right? And Elisha was his mentor, mentee. And Elisha goes to Elijah before God takes Elijah up. And he says, I want a double portion of the anointing that you have. So Elisha, what he wanted more than anything else is he wanted more of God. What Elisha wanted more than fame or fortune or, or anything the world had to offer is he wanted more of God. And that's important for us to remember because at a critical point in Elisha's life, what did he want? More of God. He went all in. He doubled down with God. Literally doubled down with God. God, I want a double portion of the anointing that you have given this great man of God. That's what I want more than anything is more of you. And he said, open the east window. So Elisha looks at Joash and says, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. So here's the promise that God gives through Elisha. He says, I want you to take the bow and I want you to shoot the arrow toward the east. The east was where the enemy was coming from. 
I want you to take and shoot the arrow toward the east. And when you do, it's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And so the arrow of the Lord's deliverance is going to happen and you're going to destroy the enemy. When God gives us a promise of victory, He doesn't promise partial victory. He doesn't promise like most victory. He doesn't promise like 51% victory. No, no, no. He promises complete victory. And the problem is, is we tend to hold on to the baggage and the things that weigh us down. And it's us holding on to the things. It's not God not wiping it out. And we, you, have a role in God's deliverance and promise in your life. Your obedience has a role in God's promise and deliverance in your life. We'll talk about that in just a second. So God has promised ultimate victory. God has promised to destroy the enemy. Then he said, take your arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and stopped. So he had the arrows in his quiver and he had the bow in his hand and he said, I want you to strike the ground. Takes his arrow three, two, three. Shoots three times. And the man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now, you will strike Syria only three times. We may read this and think, Elisha, you're overreacting here. I mean, he did what you, he did what you said, right? He shot the arrows. Here's the problem that Elisha had with what Joash did. He didn't go all in. Elisha didn't want Joash just to pull some of his arrows out. He wanted him to take all of his arrows and give it to the Lord. He, he didn't want him to dedicate partial of what he had. He wanted him to dedicate all of what he had. And so I think it's important for us to remember that we don't need to do just enough when it comes to our relationship and serving God. We don't need to go just far enough to make us happy and appease our conscience when it comes to what God has called us to do. We've got to go all in. Joash became satisfied. Oh boy. And I'm not going to stay here long because I'll make too many people mad. Joash became satisfied with the promise of what was to come. In other words, Joash said, oh, okay, we're going to win. It's going to be okay. Rather than going all in and pursuing what everything God had, he was okay with the promise. Anybody know anyone in your life and don't look at them or poke them or call them out. But maybe you know someone in, their li in your life who they could have been, and they tell you all the time about what they could have been. I could have been if 
I could have done if, and they are a legend in their own mind. They know what I'm talking about. And sometimes it's easier to live your life based on what could have been but wasn't because it was beyond your control than it is to actually go all in and pursue that purpose in your life. Because actually doing the thing, whatever that is, is much more difficult than talking about it. And the problem that we're having in the church today, big C, worldwide, is we got too much talking, too much look at me, too much, you know, sharing the image, being the thing, saying the right things, and not enough doing. Right? And get off my soapbox. I'll get in trouble if I don't. You need to understand what's going on with this. You need to understand why Elisha got upset. Elisha got upset because Joash stopped short of what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to give everything that he had, not partial. And Joash, the king of Israel, was facing a situation and circumstances that were bigger than him, that was bigger than he could do on his own. All the king's horses and all the king's men, right? They couldn't put Joash back together again, right? No, they could not overcome with all the wisdom and all the resources and all the army and all the things and all the weapons that they had was not enough to overcome Syria's attack. And he understood that he had to go to the man of God. And so here's another un-Instagrammable quote for you. God allows problems that are bigger than us so we can realize we serve a God bigger than our problems. You've heard me say this if you've been around a hundred times. What you focus on gets magnified. And when you're more focused on your problems than you are on God, guess what's going to be bigger? Your problems. But at least Joash, in all of his imperfections, at least he understood that he could not accomplish this on their own because sometimes that's what big problems do. Doesn't it? It humbles us. It puts things in perspective. Okay, I can't overcome. God, I can't do this one. I, I can't take, I don't know anybody. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough. And so he took it to the man of God and he took it to him and he said he needed Elisha's blessing on his life. And I think what I don't want you to, to miss in this story is that Elisha told the king to take his earthly weapons and dedicate them to God. Not only that, but he told the king to do what he could do, which was what? Take the bow, take the arrow, hold it. And then what did Elisha do? He put his hands on top of the king's hands. It was a transfer of anointing. It was a transfer of God's blessing onto the king. And by taking 
his hands and put it on top of Joash's hands, he was saying, we're going to bring God into this and we're going to take the weapons of earthly warfare and we're going to turn those into weapons of spiritual warfare. Joash, he sought spiritual solution for his physical problem. He sought God. But listen, when we dedicate what we have to God, he blesses it. The trick is, the point is, your part is that you have to do the dedicating. You have to dedicate what you have to God. And the whole emphasis, the whole point of this story is that Joash held back what he had. He didn't go all in with God. He didn't dedicate everything he had to God, so God wasn't able to use that. Now, God can do anything he wants to do. God didn't need him to shoot an arrow. God didn't need his bow. God didn't need his quiver full of arrows. God doesn't need that. God can do anything he wants to do, but he chooses to use his creation to accomplish his purpose. And that's the frustrating part for me. Right? Is he uses the imperfect human element to accomplish his work. But Elisha gave him a new perspective. Joash ran from the attack to Elisha. At least he went to the man of God. At least he turned his, his physical problem into a spiritual solution. And he runs to Elisha. But what was he doing? He was running from the attack. And Elisha said, no, 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 no. We're not going to run from because we're not on the losing side. We're not going to run from because the God we serve is greater than anything that's out there. We're not going to run from because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are not defeated, but we are victorious. And he said, we're not going to be afraid or run but we're going to face the enemy in the strength of the Lord. And if we as a church, if we at Turning Point would do more of this, we would have less of that going on. Listen, pastoring, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been in church ministry for 30 years now. I know, right? I started when I was one. It's amazing. But... The challenge now in 2023 is greater than it's ever been in this country. And let's make sure we understand it's this country. Because people are more distracted. And what it boils down to, I think, is they have more anxiety. That's a real thing. And they have more fear. And they just have more going on. And they're just not, and I'm not using this in the world's way, they're not centered on Christ anymore. But Elisha gives him the perspective that we're not going to run from, and we're not going to be afraid, and we're not going to operate or live in fear, but we're going to go and we're going to face what the enemy brings because it's not your fight. It's the Lord's fight. Elisha gave him that perspective. Here's another uninstagrammable quote. 
The fulfillment of God's promise is dependent upon you and your actions. Here's what I mean by that. Like you can't earn your way into heaven. That's not what I'm saying. It's by the grace of God only. But God can give you the promise just like he gave Joash the promise. Victory. Destroy the enemy. But Joash's actions, holding back on God, changed the outcome, did it not? Your obedience to God's call and your obedience to God's word Your obedience to Him will determine how quickly or if you walk in the full promise of God. Now that I can back up. We're doing it with this story right here, with this account in the Bible. I think it's important that you understand this, though. Joash was not perfect, but he was willing. And he turned his physical problem into spiritual. He turned to God, to God's prophet, for his blessing. It matters who you surround yourself with in life. Like it matters who you surround yourself in. God's promises are within your reach, not within your hand. But wait, we love to talk about God's promises are in our, you know, and that's good preaching, that's good, you know, spitting and swiping, wiping sweat and hollering and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a time for that. But listen, I'm just here to tell you that God's promises are within your reach, not in your hand. There has to be obedience to God's word. There has to be a love and there has to be dedication. There has to be full obedience, not partial obedience. There has to be full dedication to God and what he's calling you. You've got to go all in if you want to experience the full blessing of God. The problem is, We're trying to bring the world into our relationship with God, not our relationship into our world. Let me give you a great analogy. I heard this this week. If you go to any country in in the world outside of the United States of America, you will find an embassy in that country somewhere. That embassy has gates and walls around it. And if you get in trouble in that country and you're an American citizen, you want to get to the embassy and you want to get through those gates because, listen to me, as soon as you cross the gates, as soon as you walk onto that ground and you're here and the gate is behind you, you are now on American soil. It doesn't matter that it's located in another country. It doesn't matter that it may be sitting in the middle of a city. In another part of the world, it is American soil. And the great part about it is inside that wall, the rule of our land rules, not the rule of the country that it's sitting in. And so the chaos happens when the people on the outside of the wall 
try to bring their way, their rule on the inside of the wall. It don't happen that way. And as a follower of Jesus, we've been given the rule. We've been given the way that we're supposed to live. And as a follower of Christ, you are his ambassador. Inside that wall, inside those gates of the U.S. Embassy, guess who's in charge? The ambassador is. You're an ambassador for Christ. And you're just living in this world. Right? This is not our ultimate home. But we got to dedicate what we have to Him. We've got to commit what we have. We've got to understand. I'm trying to find the right words here. We, we've got to understand that we are not of this world, but we are of Christ. We are in Christ. And you are His ambassador. And your rule and your way of living is not di dictated by what the world says, what the news says, what Facebook says. What Washington says, what Columbia says, you pick, it's here in God's Word. We've covered that. So let's get to this. Here's my concern. This is what God's been dealing with me about. This is what, for a, a month or so, this is what God's really, really been dealing with me about. And in fact, it's interesting because God was dealing with Vicky about the very same thing. And we had a conversation. I was like, oh, well, look at God. How about that? I'm just going to be plain today. Can I do that? Good, because I'm going to anyway. Up until this point in our church's existence, we start in 2018. We have had a focus on reaching people. Now, we decided this year that we were going to focus on building discipleship and going deeper and da 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 da. Because the problem is we would reach, but we would not keep. There has to be a balance of both of those. But we must, as a church, and I'm talking about Turning Point Church, I'm talking about this, this body, we must have a burden for reaching people. It is our commission. It is, it is our calling. We've got to dedicate ourselves to the mission. And that's not turning point specific like that's Jesus specific his great commission to us and we're giving you an opportunity here in a couple of weeks December 10th we're having our Christmas kickoff if you know anything if you've been here in the past last couple of years we've done the Christmas kickoff and it's been great we have a good time they're going to decorate the foyer it's going to be fun we'll have food we'll have a party after service it's a great time. Many of you who are here, many of you who have 
been part of it came because of what we do on the Christmas kickoff. And I just want to challenge you today to put in perspective that this, what we do on December the 10th, is not about doing a thing. It's not about keeping a tradition. Because y'all know we'll, we will sacrifice a sacred cow in a skinny minute. And we'll barbecue and have steak and burgers like that. Right? Because we don't believe in sacred cows around here. But this is about so much more than just doing a thing that we've done before. Because we'll try something and we won't do it again if it don't work. This is an opportunity for you to fulfill the call on your life and to reach someone around you. Yeah, but I just don't, no, no excuses. Right? This is our opportunity to reach our community. This is our opportunity to be part of the fulfillment that God has called us to. So I just want to ask you today, today, that you will begin to pray for who you can invite. But they're a responsibility and requirement of you. Like you got to live that life out loud. You got to ask them. I hate to tell you this. For all the introverts in the room and listening to us online, what's probably not going to happen, it might, I don't know, it might, it might happen this way. You might have a coworker or a neighbor come up and say, hey, you know what? I've been looking for a church to go to. I think I'm going to try yours. That might happen. Probably not. You're probably going to have to go to them and say, hey, man, we got this thing. We're going to have some food with kids. They'll have a blast. We'll have a lot of things going on for them. It'll be fun. You ought to come. Preaching will be short, so it won't be that bad, right? You're probably going to have to ask them, but it's our calling to do that. But if you'll pray about it and you'll ask the Holy Spirit to lay somebody on your heart and you'll ask the Holy Spirit to prepare their heart, that ask will go a lot better. So I just want to ask you to do that. Ask you to pray. Ask you to listen to the Lord. But here's my prayer for you. And I am sorry, but I'm not. I am praying that God would burden you for the lost. I am praying that God would wake you up in the middle of the night. Hey, be waking me up in the middle of the night. He needs to wake you up in the middle of the night. I'm asking that God will wake you up in the middle of the night with a burden for the lost. So that when we reach into our quiver of arrows, we're not pulling out three and stopping. We're going all in. We're giving God everything we have. You know what? How this church would change if we, every single one of us gave our all to him. Dramatically, right? Your life would change. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Look, I realize today's message is, diff- is different than what, come back next week, I'll be normal again probably, but I just can't get beyond the burden that God's placed on me. So today I'm just sharing my heart with you. Just sharing my heart with you because I want you to understand 
the importance of what God's called us to do. This is not a church growth statement. This is a kingdom of God statement. You're an ambassador. So that's my prayer for us today. So that's how we're going to end today. We're just going to pray a prayer, then they're going to sing, and they'll sing us out, okay? But I just pray that God would uh, burden you for the lost. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you have called us to be called us to do more God you've not called us to run from a challenge you've called us to face the challenge in the strength of the Lord and Lord I pray God that we would do that today God that today Lord you would begin to burden us for the lost and Lord I pray that you would open the door and lay on our heart people that we can reach God and God that you will use us and give us favor with people that you lay on our heart Lord and God that we would remain focused and and consistent with the calling that you've placed on us and God I thank you for this church I thank you Lord for the people that are in the room the people that are online God the people that couldn't be here today God I thank you for them and Lord I just pray God that you would encourage and strengthen us Lord and help us to know that you're in charge help us to know God that you're fighting the fight the battle is not ours and God we love you and we thank you Lord For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be the first to invite you back next week. I hope to see you then. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving week already. But be safe in your travels, and we'll see you next Sunday.